Welcome to PwC's Tax Reform Readiness podcast series. This podcast is an excerpt from PwC's Tax Reform Readiness webcast series held on May 9, 2018, focusing on the impact of recent tax reform legislation on deals and JV alliances. The panelists for the webcast were Ken Kuykendall, a PwC tax partner and our tax services leader, Mark Boyer, a PwC tax partner focusing on mergers and acquisitions, Karen Lonis, a PwC tax partner focusing on partnership issues, and Stephanie Hogue, a managing director in our corporate finance practice. This excerpt consists of a discussion among the panelists on the current state of the capital markets and the financing side of deals post-tax reform. Take a listen. Stephanie, maybe I'm going to try and kickstart you a little bit into the next section because we're going to get into talking about the uh, debt capital markets. But you want to maybe give a little bit of a heads up up front as to how they're performing currently, and then we can dive into what that means. Yeah, absolutely. So I think if I had to say there's one theme that continues to play throughout debt capital markets, it is that supply continues to outpace demand. Um, There is a tremendous amount of capital that needs to be put to work, and I'll walk through some examples. Um, When we look at the public markets, it's a slightly different story. So public investment grade market is off about 10%. Um, Not necessarily surprising. Investment grade issuers have a lot of capital available. They have cash on hand. They can repatriate it now. That's not really surprising. High yield issuance down about 18%. Also not surprising. We look at how the energy markets are performing. There's a direct correlation between the two. Where I think the story becomes very interesting is in the private capital markets. Um, The private capital markets really didn't exist with the exception of the insurance company market pre-financial crisis. Um, Today, the private bond market, investment-grade bond market, is up 50% year over year. The private middle market um, has never seen spreads as tight as it is today. So investors have a number of different tools that they're using to put capital to work, and companies have options that they didn't have 10 years ago in financing. That's great. Why don't we sort of move into the impact of tax reform on those debt markets, okay? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, let's start with a fairly high-level simplistic view. And there are four um, components that really are impactful. And so we took a look at, you know, whether they impact to the positive or to the negative. Um, I think interest deductibility is really a relative comparison. So as I said early on, fundamentals remain. Debt is still cheaper than equity. So it becomes less attractive than it was, but it's not completely unattractive. Um, One of the things, going back to that supply versus demand issue is, as investors are looking to put capital to work, the one thing, the one tool they have is adjusting spreads. So the base rates are set, either LIBOR or Treasury, um, but they can pull the spreads in. And so it could become even more compelling, especially if you're an investment grade issuer, to access capital markets. Um, On the flip side, if you're a high yield company, the cash, your cash on hand is more strained by higher interest rates. Um, one of the questions that I kind of toy around with with my team is, what does that mean in terms of EBITDA or EBIT addbacks? Um, we haven't really explored that, but it, it is definitely something that we could see. We definitely see it in M&A transactions. So what does that mean in terms of um, just kind of day-to-day operations for interest deductibility? Um, corporate tax rates, largely positive always better to pay 21% instead of 35%. I don't think we could argue it any other way. Right. Uh, Repatriation of cash, like you said, largely positive. Um, I think you'll see a lot of capital being put to use for M&A. Valuations could increase. Um, I do think that we'll see more of investment grade 
companies buying higher yield companies, I think it will be a more bifurcated valuation market because of the strain that the tax reform will put on investment grade or high yield companies rather. Um, and we'll touch on that on the next slide. And then I think finally, you know, CapEx, it's largely positive when you can deduct your CapEx in a one-time um, expense. That That is assuming that you're um, earnings positive. Right. So right. if you're not, it, then, right. probably not. <laughs> yeah. um, so as we touch on the next slide, like I said, tax reform really is better understood if you bifurcate the credit spectrum. So you have investment grade, so triple B or better, sub-investment grade, below triple B, um, or below triple B minus. So tax reform for investment grade, largely positive. These are issuers that have a lot of cash on hand. Um, they really have a choice. What do they want to do with their cash? Do they want to deploy it in M&A opportunities around the world? Do they want to do share buybacks to help boost valuations? Do they want to do a dividend to um, their shareholders? They really have a multi multiple of, of multiple options, <laughs> rather. Um, and like I said, I, I really do expect kind of sub-investment grade companies to be acquired more by investment grade companies just putting that capital to work. So I think some industries will continue to see consolidation. The high yield corporate is where I think it becomes much more interesting. Um, so if we look at the credit spectrum, it's bifurcated. I think the high yield spectrum is also. I don't think they're going to see much of an impact in terms of their ability to access the capital markets. It's still a buyer's market um, or a borrower's market in this case, because there's so much cash to be to be deployed. Where I could see more of an issue is triple C and below companies. So companies that really are going to see their interest as the Fed raises rates, they'll see the most impact in terms of their rate increases as they try to access the capital market. And it becomes somewhat of an iterative cycle. Their rate goes up, the cash they have available goes down, their ability to repay debt goes down, their rate goes up. Right. So it's iterative to the negative for them. I think my kids have gone through something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure my mom would say I did too in college. Um, that said, I actually don't think it's as dire as it sounds. So this goes back to JV's tax structuring becoming the critical aspect. Um, I also think that CFOs, treasurers, are going to need to be more proactive. Yep. So it's not the let's access the general bond market as we always have. We have to be very proactive in tax structuring. But we know of companies, for example, that are sub-investment grade um, that have major CapEx that they need to um, spend and they need to, to access the capital markets or draw from their revolver. They may have a revolver available, um, but through some tax structuring, they're able to actually borrow from the investment grade market. Yeah. So their cash requirement for that interest actually goes down. It is an improvement to their um, to their capital yeah. allocation. And so I think that's really important going forward is getting CFOs, CEOs together in that strategic conversation and how do you finance growth? Because it's not always been tied together as closely as it needs to be today. Yeah, great point. Um, and it goes back to, uh, Mark, what you were talking about. Certainly private equities are going to be largely impacted. They are famous for their LBOs, leverage yes, buyouts. Right. Leverage buyout, first word is leverage. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so it is all dead. And, and a lot of this we've touched on. I think there are kind of two ways that this really impacts PEs going forward. Um, the first is the LBO. So what does that mean in terms of their interest deductibility? How do they utilize the net operating losses that they tend to 
um, have with the companies that they acquire. Can they put those, can they do a roll-up strategy and offset um, NOLs with positive cash flow that way? I think the second way that it, it will become impactful is those portfolio company returns and how those roll up to the parent PE mm -hmm. um, and how they capture some yeah. of that value as they start thinking about what is their exit strategy. Right. Yep. So um, generally, you know, I don't think there's a one size fits all answer and it, you kind of have to get into what the company is and what the financing needs are. Exactly. But, Thanks, but you know, tax port role there. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you would like further information about this topic, please email the participants whose email addresses can be found in the description of this episode. Mm -hmm.